Welcome to the Padres Post Game Show on the Padres Radio Network. Coming up, we'll deliver a full recap of today's game with highlights. Plus, we'll take you down to the manager's office to hear from Bob Melvin. And we'll give you an update on scores from around Major League Baseball. The Padres Post Game Show starts now on the Padres Radio Network. We are live here at Petco Park, our post-game show here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score in Game 2 of this three-game series between the Padres and the Kansas City Royals. The Royals 5 and the Padres 4 as the Padres drop to 20-23 and 23 on the year. Kansas City improves to 13-31, and 31, and it sets up a rubber game of this three-game series tomorrow afternoon here at Petco Park. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park in downtown. Town, San Diego. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday evening. A lot to break down in what was a very frustrating game for the San Diego Padres on really a number of different levels. A five-run second inning for the Royals against Seth Lugo. Lugo would go just two innings in this game here tonight. Padres would get two in the fifth inning, two in the sixth inning, but could never tie the game. And the Royals made a, a lot of mistakes in this game, misplays, errors, you name it. At times in this game, it seemed like the Royals wanted to hand the Padres this game on a silver platter, but the Padres... Uh, couldn't come through and then had miscues of their own later in the game. Uh, a pickoff in the seventh inning with Adam Engel pinch running, then in a crucial situation in the bottom of the eighth inning when the Padres had the tying run on third base, the go-ahead run on first base. Rugnet Odor was picked off first base to end the inning. So there were miscues late in this game for the Padres. And really, you look at some good elements in this game, Seth Lugo allows five runs, and then the mix of Drew Carlton, Luis Garcia, Stephen Wilson, and Nick Martinez don't allow another run. They only allowed four hits. Carlton, three scoreless innings in his Padres debut, and then Garcia, Wilson, Martinez, and Hayter combined uh, for four scoreless innings out of the bullpen. Seven innings combined of scoreless work from the Padres' bullpen. So they did their job keeping the Padres right in this game as they climbed back into it in the fifth inning, in the sixth inning, but uh, the Padres just could not find a way to tie this game after Kansas City gets the five in the second inning. Padres went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position in this game, so that continued to be an issue, unfortunately, and uh, there is a lot of break, uh, lots of breakdown uh, in this ball game here tonight. A lot to do on our post-game show here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building. We'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. We'll have all the play-by-play highlights for you, recap this one, give out our nightly awards, look at the out-of-town scoreboard, and much, much more to come as the Padres fall 5-4 to four to the Kansas City Royals. And now it sets up a rubber game of this three-game series tomorrow here in downtown San Diego. We get it all rolling with our post-game show when we come back to Petco Park on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. The final score here tonight, the Royals 5 and the Padres 4 as the Royals take the second game of this three-game series. Padres and Royals square off again tomorrow in what becomes the rubber game of this series. You Darvish on the mound for the Padres. And as of earlier today, Kansas City had not named a starting pitcher for tomorrow's game. So we'll see if we hear anything on that uh, here during our post-game show. And once uh, I do uh, see, if we do see a starting pitcher for Kansas City tomorrow, we'll certainly let you know. An off day on Thursday, three-game series against the Red Sox, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday here in downtown San Diego. Like we said before the break, this was a frustrating game for the Padres on really a number of different levels. A lot to break down, a lot to recap. Let's begin with our game highlights. Let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights. Presented by the new El Cajon Ford Commercial Service Center. Servicing all Fords up to F-750s and motorhomes. 
A scoreless first inning for both Seth Lugo and Brady Singer. In the top of the second, Lugo got in trouble. Edward Olivares led off with a single. Heat steals second and go to third base on a pass ball. With runners on first and third and one out, Matt Duffy dug in. 2-2. Ground ball, but it's going to get through the left side. In the left field, and the Royals take a 1-0 lead on the RBI single by Matt Duffy as Olivares crosses the plate. Lugo issued another walk to load the bases. The Royals scored a run on a fielder's choice to make it 2-0. With runners still at first and third and two men away, it was Bobby Witt Jr. Advantage Eaton for sure. He's bouncing, bouncing. Now he goes. Pitches swung on. Line drive over the head of a leaping Xander Bogarts. Just barely over his glove. Xander tried to time it perfectly, but he couldn't. An RBI single for Bobby Witt. And the Royals now have a 3-0 lead here in the top of the second. Royals weren't done. Salvador Perez was next. 1-0 swung on and driven towards the gap. This is going to be trouble. Eaton's going to score. Witt's going to score. It's a two-run double for Salvador Perez. And all of a sudden, it is a 5-0 Royals lead. All in all, a five-run second inning for Kansas City on four hits. Seth Lugo would go just two innings in this game. Five earned runs allowed on four hits, just 42 pitches. And I understand that uh, in Bob Melvin's post-game press conference, we may have an update on Seth Lugo on why he came out so early in this game. Yes, he gave up five runs in the second inning, but my eyebrows did raise a little bit when he came out wondering uh, what might be going on. So stay tuned for that. Meanwhile, the Padres offense got the leadoff man on in each of the first two innings, but on both occasions, that leadoff runner was erased on a double play. Brady Singer settled in a little bit, pitched four scoreless innings to begin the night. He got the first two outs of the fifth inning, but then Brett Sullivan singled. MJ Melendez missed the ball in right field. Sullivan went to second. Fernandez Jr. was next. 1-2. Ground ball to the second baseman, but he boots it, tries to pick it up, throws wild. Fernando's going to be safe. On the play, Brett Sullivan is going to score, and the Padres are on the board. Oh, they've gotten some help from the Royals this inning. Matt Duffy, that second baseman, and he did boot that ground ball and then compounded the error by throwing it wild to first base. The run came in. Then it was Jake Cronenworth. 2-0 2-0 pitch to Jake. Swung on line, drive, base hit inside the chalk line. It's going to head over towards the corner. Fernando is rounding third. He's heading for home. The throw is not going to be in time. Jake's going to be standing over third base with a triple. And the Padres now trail 5-2. Padres still trailed 5-2, heading to the bottom half of the sixth inning. Xander Bogarts led off with a single against Brady Singer. Matt Carpenter was next. Swung on, line drive into center field. This one could fall. Diving play by the center field, and then it's going to get by him. Poor choice by Nate Eaton. It's going to go all the way to the wall. Xander Bogarts is going to score. Matt Carpenter is going to be at second base, and the Padres now trail 5-3. We had a two-run game. Carpenter went to third base on a ground out by Rugnet Odor. Hassan Kim drove him in with a sack fly. It was a one-run game. The Padres trailing 5-4. to four. Meanwhile, on the pitching side of things, Drew Carlton in his Padre debut threw three scoreless innings in the third, fourth, and fifth. Luis Garcia did the same in the sixth inning. On to the seventh inning, Stephen Wilson took the mound with the Padres trailing 5-4. to four. Vinny Pasquintino hit a one-out single with two men away, and Michael Garcia at the plate. This happened. 1-2 swung on line drive in the right field base hit. Fernando Tatis Jr. is there. He's going to come up throwing. They're going to try to get the third. Here comes the throw. It is way ahead of him. He's gunned down on the cannon by Fernando Tatis Jr. And you can hang a star on that one. Vinny Pasquantino challenging Fernando Tatis Jr. And he comes up short. An absolutely terrific throw by Fernando Tatis Jr. helping the Padres keep it a one-run game. So the question started to become, could the Padres tie this game, take a lead, and then possibly win the game? The Padres got the leadoff man on in the bottom half of the seventh inning against the role this Chapman when Nelson Cruz drew a pinch hit walk. Adam Engel pinch ran for Cruz. He would get picked off first base. Padres did not score in that seventh inning. Nick Martinez pitched a scoreless top of the eighth inning. In the bottom of the eighth inning, the Padres put runners on first and third with two men away. Xander Bogarts drew a one-out walk against Taylor Clark. Rufnet Odor hit a two-out single, but then Odor was picked off first base to end 
the inning and end the threat for the Padres. A scoreless top of the ninth inning pitched by Josh Hader. We went to the bottom half of the ninth inning. The score still Royals 5, Padres 4. Scott Barlow came on for the save opportunity. He got a line out the center by Hassan Kim. Another ball to center off the bat of Trent Grisham. That was caught. Two outs, nobody on. The game was left up to Austin Nola. The 1-2 again. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Austin goes down on strikes, and that'll do it for the Padres. They lose game two to the Kansas City Royals by a score of 5-4. to four. This series is now tied 1-1. to one. The rubber match will take place at 1-10 tomorrow. Padres tried to fight back. They trailed 5-0 at one point. They got it 5-4, to four, but go down in order against Scott Barlow in the ninth inning. Padres just could not find a way to tie the game after uh, the Royals really gave them a, a number of different opportunities in this game with errors and miscues and uh, some, some walks and... Padres just could not find a way to tie it. Final totals for Kansas City, five runs, eight hits, and two errors for San Diego, four runs, eight hits, and no errors. Again, the Royals improved to 13-31. and 31. San Diego drops to 20-23. and 23. Winning pitcher was Brady Singer, who improves to 3-4. and four. Seth Lugo took the loss. He drops to 3-3. Three and three. Scott Barlow got the save for Kansas City, his fifth of the season. Let's go down towards the clubhouse here at Petco Park and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sin Lee Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sin Lee Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian Resource. Seth Lugo, was he just having an off day? No, he actually uh, had a calf strain. So when he's covering first base. Um, so. You know, we think it's mild in nature, but probably unlikely he makes his next start. What did you make of Drew Carlton in his Padres debut? That was great. You know, efficient. I don't know that he's thrown three innings this year. Um, worked quick. Didn't walk anybody. Struck some guys out. Looked good. What did you see from Odor in that play in the eighth? And, and should Bogarts have gone? To- you know, I think he just got caught um, shuffling and got picked off. So I think Bogey's looking for the right timing. Just didn't look like it was there for him. Easy for the rest of us to say that he should have gone home. What what did you see? Was there an opening or? Look, you know, it's a, it's a field play over there. Um, you know, if Bogey gets going, I mean, Odor gets going in the other direction again. Maybe better timing on it. He's got a left-handed first baseman. Um, it's going back and forth. He's trying to stay in there, so just didn't work out for us. How disappointing that. Those two innings ended, or ended the way they did with the base running. Yeah, you know that the, we're taking a chance to, uh, on the with Angle over there after the first pick. So you know, credit them for picking over again. Um, but with first and third, obviously it ended a little prematurely than we would have liked. The logistics with uh, Lugo. When did you guys find out that the strain and, and just when he came in, it was on the last out when he was going to cover first on, on the last out of the inning came in and said, you know, it was bothering him, so hopefully it's not too long. So it didn't have anything to do with kind of his performance, because no. he's been solid yeah. before. Yep. Um, for you guys to kind of have mounted a, a couple of, you scored four runs, you came back from 5 nothing. your bullpen was good. For for the base running to kind of cost it the way it did, how frustrating is, is that? Yeah, you know, it's just a little bit the way we've been playing, just not in sync all the way around. And, you know, you don't expect base running to cost you you know the way Ben we've been pretty good pretty efficient on some stolen bases and caught stealings you know unfortunately ended the way it did today and that usually doesn't happen like that so um, you know we got a lot of positives today we scored a couple runs in the middle innings after we were down like you said bullpen did a great job Uh, unfortunate that you know that that ended up costing us a game what was your vantage point on Tatis' throw? And you've, you've mentioned his arm being kind of special before. What 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 makes it? What makes that capable? Him capable of doing that? Well, look, he works hard on his fundamentals. Now he's an infielder. He's used to charging a ball and getting on a hop. But it's different. You know, it's a different throw from the outfield. But I mean, he's got a a cannon. So you know, that's why we thought right field was a good spot for him. And he's been eager to get those those chances. You saw when the runner went that he got it looked like he got a little excited and and charged the ball with with an opportunity and you know, he's got shoot, he hadn't been playing the outfield long. But he's got to have one of the better arms in all the game if not as good as anybody. 
Just to confirm for Lugo, the five runs were just lack of command tonight. Like, yeah, no, he he didn't. That didn't. It was the la- literally the last pitch when he was covering first base that he had the cap strain. I mean, it's it's obviously it obviously just happened, but going forward, the off days, like, is it? Are you going to be able to? get through it or would you have to call someone up I really don't know it just depends on how he comes in tomorrow I'm, I'm doubtful that he's going to be able to make his next start but we have to figure out how we're going to how we're going to do it um, but I think tomorrow I'll tell the tale for that that was Padres manager Bob Melvin from down by the clubhouse here at Petco Park after the Padres fall 5-4 to four to the Kansas City Royals here tonight. As you heard there, Bob Melvin uh, explaining that Seth Lugo suffered a calf strain while going over to cover first base on the final out of that second inning. That was a ball hit by Vinny Pasquintino. And Bob Melvin saying that uh, it is unlikely and then using the word doubtful uh, later in the press conference uh, to describe uh, Seth Lugo making his next start. So it sounds like there's a a very good possibility here that Lugo will be out for at least one start. Um, Of course, that begs the question of uh, how severe it is and if it's something that will uh, cause Lugo to go on the IL, something like that. I'm sure we'll know more on that uh, tomorrow in the days to come. But uh, it does sound like the Padres did suffer uh, an injury here tonight with Seth Lugo uh, going down. And, and that's what I was wondering as uh, this game went along, as uh, the, the third inning began. Um, you know, Lugo had a really tough second inning, no doubt about it. But he was only at 42 pitches, and I thought... The Padres would, you know, at least try to get a few more innings out of them. Um, so my antennas were sort of raised, my eyebrows raised, however you want to put it, when Lugo came out. And, uh, yeah, uh, he had a calf strain. So, uh, But, it, you know, interesting to note that, you know, that was not part of the issue in that second inning when he gave up five runs on four hits and uh, walked a couple batters. Unfortunate there for Seth Lugo, who had a tough outing here tonight, and then on top of it suffers that calf strain. Uh, you heard Bob Melvin talk about the running late. Um, you know, it sounds like they were, you know, maybe trying to get angle in motion uh, in the seventh inning, and uh, Chapman did a good job in that seventh inning uh, picking off angle. And then in the eighth inning, uh, you know, Rugnet Odor gets picked off first base, ends the threat, and uh, that was really the story here tonight. The uh, lack of offense at times. Padres unable to capitalize when they had runners on base late. And the Royals, um, again, we said it in the opening segment of the postgame show. It just seemed at times tonight like the Royals were trying to serve the Padres a win on a silver platter. Even after trailing uh, 5 nothing in this game, the Padres scoring the two runs in the fifth inning, two runs in the sixth inning. But there were so many errors and miscues and um, in, in not good moments for the Royals in this game, especially defensively. Padres just could not take advantage. And again, the issues with runners in scoring position continued here tonight. 0 for 5. Padres were with runners in scoring position. They left 5 on base. Royals in that department, 3 for 9. They left 6 on base. And credit to the Royals. They did a good job in that uh, second inning of not just scoring, but then tacking on with two men away that was a huge two-run double by Salvador Perez who's been really good as of late made it a five-nothing game and that was a hit that really won the ball game because the Padres could get four they never could get to five we'll step aside here on the Padres radio network still a lot to do as we break this one down we'll give out our nightly awards take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard home run tally might try to squeeze in some of your phone calls tweets messages and more and we'll get to all that when we come back again the final score Kansas City 5 San Diego 4 our post-game show continues from Petco Park after this on the Padres radio network Post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network from inside at Petco Park. Sam Levitt with you as we wrap this one up. The Royals 5 and the Padres 4, the final score on this Tuesday evening as the Royals take the middle game of this three-game series, setting up a rubber match tomorrow. Right-hander Yu Darvish on the mound for the Padres tomorrow. First pitch at 1.10 p.m. Still a lot to do on our post-game coverage. We'll continue to give out our nightly awards in case you missed Bob Melvin's post game press conference we will play back some of those clips for you so stay tuned for that in case you missed it uh, some of the major news
news coming out of that press conference here tonight. Seth Lugo uh, came out of this game after the second inning. He suffered a calf strain uh, while covering first base on the final play of the second inning. So that was part of the reason why he uh, came out of this game after just two innings here tonight after what was a really rough uh, five-run second inning for Kansas City, so certainly that's uh, a concern. Bob Melvin saying that Lugo is unlikely, doubtful to make his next start. Don't know if that means an injured list stint for Lugo or not, but uh, the Padres, and, and I said this to somebody earlier today, they've been relatively healthy this year. When you look at the lineup, when you look at the rotation, I know Musgrove had the issues with dropping the, the kettlebell on the toe and then uh, you know, the shoulder issue during the rehab assignment. But you really look at this team for the most part, and then you look around Major League Baseball. They've been relatively healthy this season. Seth Lugo, though, coming out with an injury here tonight. So I'm sure we'll hear more on that tomorrow. And, again, we will play uh, play you back some of the clips from that post-game press conference with Bob Melvin. Uh, if you want to tweet at me your thoughts about tonight's game, any questions, comments you have, you can tweet at me at 97.3thefansd or on my Twitter, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. On Instagram, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. For the TikTok community out there, you know, uh, on TikTok, I'm always active on there, Sammy Levitt, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V-I-T-T. If you have uh, a thought about today's game, as always, I may just read it on the air. Let's tell you about our ace pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was dealing today? Let's find out who's today's ace pitcher of the game. Brought to you by the Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg. All your grilling and barbecue needs are inside the Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. Today's ace pitcher of the game will go with Drew Carlton out of the bullpen for the Padres today. He was really, really good in three scoreless innings of relief in his Padres debut. Two hits allowed. He struck out three, 40 pitches, 29 for strikes. This was an outstanding debut for Drew Carlton, and he was a part of a bullpen effort here tonight that went a combined seven scoreless innings between Carlton, Garcia, Wilson, Martinez, and Hader. That's another reason why this loss really hurts here tonight because the bullpen did a splendid job keeping this team right in the ball game here tonight. And Drew Carlton certainly at the very top of that list. Great stuff by Drew Carlton, who went three scoreless innings and again struck out three. Drew Carlton making his Padres debut. He's somebody who signed a minor league deal with the Padres in the offseason. He spent 2021 and 2022 with the Detroit Tigers organization. Had cups of coffee in both 21 and 22. Four games in 2021. Five games in 2022. Had a 208 ERA, and at least for the time being, up here in the major leagues with the Padres. 27 years old. He was a 32nd round pick out of Florida State University. And I'll tell you what did a really good job here tonight had the Padres won this game I mean you would be looking at Drew Carlton and the rest of the relievers as well but especially Carlton you'd be looking at him as a major major part of this win if the Padres would have won here tonight because not only did he throw three scoreless innings but he just settled the game down and gave the Padres an opportunity to claw their way back which they did but they could not tie the game speaking of Drew Carlton he spoke with the media inside the Padres clubhouse earlier today let's hear from Drew Carlton earlier today how are you feeling now that you're here and, and what have you been told about what kind of contributions you might make? I'm really excited to be here. Uh, it's a really good group of guys to be around. Everyone's very friendly and easy to get along with, so I'm excited to be here. And I think I'm going to be uh, in that long relief role, get a couple of innings here and there and just really helping out in the bullpen. Do you, have you worked with a lot of these guys? Do you have some familiarity? Yeah, um, a lot of us have played down in the Dominican with Escojito. It was uh, me and Steven have been catch partners for about three years going down there and then through to Sullivan down there and then Honeywell was there last year but I never played with him but just having that little bond kind of puts us all together. What was the process in hooking up with the Padres minor league deal this, this offseason? Uh, it was pretty much all through my agent. He did a lot for me in season. How quickly, I mean, a team like this, they show interest in you, like how quickly <laughs> did you say yeah? Yeah, um, they were one of the, I think they were actually the very first team to reach out and they came with a very generous offer and 
you know, me and my agent decided, like, it's a good offer, it's a great organization to be part of, and we jumped right on it. El Paso, tough place to pitch. What's been the key to your success down there? Uh, really getting, getting ahead of the batters and just keeping them off, balances, off balance with pitches and just staying ahead and being on time with everything. Drew Carlton inside the Padres clubhouse earlier today. And interesting to listen to that, uh, to those comments now after tonight's game because he spoke about being uh, probably somebody who comes in uh, in a long relief role for the Padres. And Carlton certainly did that here tonight, pitching three scoreless innings. He talked about getting ahead. He did that here tonight. So that was Drew Carlton earlier today. We uh, didn't have time to play that during the pregame show. So, I thought, why not? Good time to play it during our postgame show, especially with what Drew Carlton did in this game here today. Let's take a look at the home run tally, let you know who went deep in the major leagues today. Which players went deep tonight? This is our MLB home run tally, presented by Mr. Moto Pizza, bringing back the old New York pizzeria experience with fresh, funky, thin crest gourmet pies and the original stuffed knots. With eight locations in San Diego, find your favorite at MrMotoPizza.com. We do have two games still going on right now. D-backs and the A's and the Twins at the Dodgers. Good news in L.A. right now. Twins are beating the Dodgers, so we'll continue to keep you posted on that score. Full out-of-town scoreboard coming up later. But right now, let's tell you who went yard in the major leagues today. Right now, 38 home runs across the majors today. And here we go. No, 39 updated. Live updates, 39 home runs across the majors today. For Arizona, Christian Walker, a two-run home run. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., a two-run home run. For Atlanta, Ronald Acuna and Sean Murphy went deep. Ryan O'Hearn and Ryan Mountcastle, a couple of Ryans, went deep for Baltimore today. For the Red Sox, Justin Turner, Tristan Cassis, and Jaron Duran hit home runs for the Red Sox. For the Cubs, Matt Mervis, Seiya Suzuki hit home runs. For the White Sox, Gavin Sheets, Jake Berger, and Luis Robert Jr., Went deep for the White Sox. For Cincinnati, Nick Senzel, a two-run home run. For the Rockies, Ezekiel Tovar, a solo home run. For the Angels, Mickey Moniak, a solo home run. For Miami, Jorge Soler, a two-run home run. For Milwaukee, Joey Weimer and Brian Anderson hit a couple of solo home runs. Kyle Farmer, a two-run home run. For Minnesota, for the Mets, Brett Beatty, Pete Alonso, Eduardo Escobar. Hit home runs for the Yankees. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, a solo home run. Aaron Judge, a two-run home run in that game for New York. For Oakland, Nick Allen, Ramon Laureano, Ryan Noda hit home runs. Ryan Noda hit a grand slam in that game for the A's. They are, uh, again, tied at 8-8 with the Diamondbacks in the ninth inning right now. Kyle Schwarber, a solo home run for the Phillies. Taylor Trammell, a two-run home run for Seattle. Nolan Arenado, a solo home run for St. Louis. Isaac Paredes, a couple of home runs for Tampa Bay today. Three-run home run, two-run home run. Jose Siri, also a home run for Tampa Bay against the Mets. Adolis Garcia, two-run home run for the Rangers. Ezekiel Duran, a solo home run for the Rangers as well. For Toronto, Kevin Kermeyer, a solo home run. And finally, for the Washington Nationals, Lane Thomas, a solo home run. And that is a very, very full and complete look at our home run tally. We'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. Again, we will play you back some of the comments from Bob Melvin coming up uh, in just a little bit, so stay tuned for that. We'll take a full look at the out-of-town scoreboard, and uh, we also will uh, read some of your tweets here, take your phone calls, uh, squeeze some of those in as well as the Padres fall by a final score of 5-4 to four to the Kansas City Royals here tonight at Petco Park. Much more to get to on our post-game coverage. We continue after this from downtown San Diego on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here at Petco Park tonight, the Royals 5 and the Padres 4 as the Padres drop to 20-23. and 23. On the year, Royals improved to 13-31, and 31, setting up a rubber game of a three-game series tomorrow between these two teams and certainly a game tomorrow 
you know, the Padres certainly want to win it. Um, you don't want to lose a series to a team that came into this series with the second-worst record in Major League Baseball, but we'll see how tomorrow plays out. Right-hander Hugh Darvish on the mound for the Padres tomorrow. Still a lot to do on our post-game coverage. We will play back some of the clips from Bob Melvin's post-game press conference. We'll also give out some more of our nightly awards, and uh, we'll address some of your messages and tweets here, and uh, if you want to squeeze a phone call in, we may have some time for that 833-288-0973 the phone number to call uh, if you want to get involved on our post game show as always here on the Padres radio network all right let's uh while we have a moment here Frank back in the studio doing a great job once again cutting up these uh, clips from Bob Melvin uh Frank let's begin uh, Bob Melvin addressing Seth Lugo's outing and the injury tonight for Lugo for Seth Lugo, was he just having an off day? No, he actually uh, had a calf strain. So when he's covering first base, um, so you know we think it's mild in nature, but probably unlikely he makes his next start. When did you guys find out that the strain and just when he came in, it was on the last out when he was going to cover first on the last out of the inning, came in and said, you know, it was bothering him. So hopefully it's not too long. So it didn't have anything to do with kind of his performance because no. he's been solid yeah. before. So that was Bob Melvin discussing Seth Lugo and the injury, the calf strain here today. And it certainly sounds like there's a very uh, realistic chance that Seth Lugo does not make his next outing, which, and I had a tweet about this. I'm looking now for who tweeted at me um, with this. I can't find it now. Maybe the person who tweeted it deleted it. I'm not sure. Uh, it was about uh, who would fill that spot and it's a great question because the Padres could really go a number of different ways um, you know obviously Nick Martinez is sitting in the bullpen right now Martinez did pitch here today um, you know I don't know how long he could go right now because he have he hasn't started in a while he hasn't pitched more than um, a handful of innings in a while but that certainly would be an option you know if the Padres feel like Lugo uh, may miss just one turn in the rotation you know, maybe they allow Martinez to go out there, go as long as he can, and, and let the bullpen take over from there. Certainly Ryan Weathers has earned the opportunity to, to come back up and continue to help this team. Uh, he was, uh, I thought, pretty good on Sunday against the L.A. Dodgers. So there are a, a number of different ways the Padres could go about uh, filling that spot for Seth Lugo, but all the talk on that probably a little bit premature tonight because I suppose we need to uh, see tomorrow and in the coming days how severe the injury is. Is this something that Lugo will have to go on the IL for? These are all questions I don't think we have answers to at the moment right now, but uh, certainly concerning there with uh, Seth Lugo suffering a calf strain, and again, it came on the final play of that second inning when he was trying to cover first base on the Vinny Pasquantino ground out that ended that five-run second inning for Kansas City so it wasn't an injury that affected Lugo's performance from what we saw in that second inning it was just a tough inning for Seth Lugo and those things will happen uh the tweet that I can't find anymore said it it, it kind of also uh um you know, implied that Nick Martinez, you know, could go back in the rotation. That that might be possible. Um, it just depends, I think, how the Padres want to play it. And uh, I would imagine the timetable on Seth Lugo would be a part of that as well. Uh, here was Bob Melvin uh, talking about uh, the team not quite being in sync. It's just a little bit the way we've been playing, just not in sync all the way around. And, you know, you don't expect base running to cost you. You know, the way Ben, we've been pretty good, pretty efficient on some stolen bases and caught stealings. You know, unfortunately, ended the way it did today, and that usually doesn't happen like that. So, um, you know, we got a lot of positives today. We scored a couple runs in the middle innings after we were down, like you said. Bullpen did a great job. Uh, unfortunate that, you know, that, that ended up costing us a game. And the base running was certainly a major part in this game. Engel getting picked off first base in the seventh inning, and then it was Odor getting picked off in just a crucial situation in the eighth inning. Really a spot you can't get picked off in, and that ended the threat for the Padres down by a run in that inning. Those were two very critical moments in this game. Here was Bob Melvin with more on those base running outs. We're taking a chance to, uh, on the with Engel over there after the first pick, so... 
you know, credit them for picking over again. Um, but with first and third, obviously it ended a little prematurely than we would have liked. And finally, on a positive note, here was Bob Melvin talking about the three scoreless innings tonight from Drew Carlton. That was great. You know, efficient. I don't know that he's thrown three innings this year. Um, worked quick. Didn't walk anybody. Struck some guys out. Looked good. So Drew Carlton, certainly a bright spot in this game. And again, the Padres' bullpen as a whole was a major bright spot in this game. Seven scoreless innings to keep the Padres right in this thing here tonight. But the Padres got two in the fifth inning, two in the sixth inning, could not find a way to tie the game. Let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit SanDiegoFoodBank.org. Our relief pitcher of the game here tonight. I'll tell you what. I'm looking at this, and I think I have to give it to, and now, let me be clear, Drew Carlton would certainly be an option. We already gave Drew ace pitcher of the game, but I think tonight, just for the pickoff alone, I'm going to give it to Taylor Clark. I know he, he walked batter, gave up a single, but picking off Odor, I mean, that was a huge moment in this game. So I'm going to go with Taylor Clark of Kansas City for our relief pitcher of the game here tonight. Carlton was great. We already gave him one of our nightly awards, and rarely do we double up unless uh, we really have to. So Carlton, and now now I'm sort of second-guessing myself because the Padres' bullpen was so good here tonight. Hmm. I'm going to give it to Taylor Clark because that was so impactful with what he did in the eighth inning despite allowing a couple of base runners but while i say that while i say that again the padres bullpen as a whole collectively if i could give the whole bullpen relief pitcher of the game i would because if the padres win this game then number one the whole tone of our post game show is different but i mean we are singing the praises and we still are of this bullpen here tonight but if the padres win for as much as the story would have been about you know, the Padres getting a big hit or capitalizing on the mistakes of the Royals tonight. It also would have been about what the bullpen did and how good they were to keep this team right in the game. But uh, unfortunately, did not all work out here tonight. And uh, Taylor Clark of the Royals will be our relief pitcher of the game. If you disagree, feel free to yell at me on social media. Sometimes we get that, believe it or not. Sometimes when I give out an award and people disagree, Sometimes uh, causes a lot of controversy on Twitter and Instagram and all of that. Um, you know, I thought it was a, an interesting comment there from Bob Melvin talking about, uh, you know, the, the team not quite being in sync. And it it felt like that a little bit here tonight in a, in a number of different respects. And, and let's go over a few aspects of this game here tonight. You know, again, the big bright spot, the bullpen was awesome. Carlton, Garcia, Wilson, Martinez, Hader, they deserve a lot of credit for what they did. Lugo, tough outing. You know, Seth Lugo, and somebody tweeted at me suggesting that Lugo would lose his spot in the rotation. I, I, I totally disagree with that. Now, he's he's got an, an injury right now, so we'll see what the deal is with that. Um, but Lugo coming into this outing he had been really good. I mean, 3-180 RA in 39-plus innings. Um, the last two, six innings apiece, quality starts, you know, some shakier outings, the five innings, four earned runs at Chicago, managed through that, had the short outing against Milwaukee, three and two-thirds, three earned runs given up. But Lugo's been really good, and I, I think he's been really consistent. This was an outing that, for whatever reason, in that uh, second inning, it just sort of got away, and the Royals were able to put up five runs, and, and really Lugo couldn't get himself uh, uh, get himself out of that inning because you look at it um you know he gives up two runs but there are two outs with those two runs in and then gives up back-to-back -back two out rbi base hits to bobby witt jr and salvador perez so it it really could have been a very different outing had lugo just made another pitch or two to limit the damage in the second just could not find a way to limit it 
you know, those things will happen. Really bad innings will happen. Um, I hope Zeth Lugo is okay because I think he's very important to this team uh, in the in the short term and, and, of course, throughout the course of this season. Um, offensively here tonight, look, again, it, it wasn't great. There were missed opportunities. Padres went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position in this game. So the struggles in that department continue. Uh, five left on base in this game and I want to break down the offense a little bit inning by inning because even early there were some issues the Padres get a leadoff infield single from Fernando Tatis Jr. in the first inning Jake Cronenworth grounds into a double play scoreless inning second inning leadoff walk Hassan Kim grounds into a double play scoreless second inning so the Padres had the leadoff man on in each of the first two innings of this game then in the fourth inning, they have runners on first and second, two out. Rugnet Odor flies out the center, inning over, two left on. In the fifth inning, Padres got some luck, uh, some good luck. The base hit by Sullivan, error in right field by Melendez. This was the start of just, at times, really bad defense by the Royals. And like I said, I mean, tonight, at times here tonight, it seemed like the Royals were, were just trying to hand the Padres a win. <laughs> excuse me i'm so sorry i'm sorry this is awkward i uh sort of just uh ha- have having a moment here all right i'm gonna be honest with you i think i need to take a break uh drink some water here i was in the, <laughs> i was in the middle of my postgame analysis okay i'm i'm okay everybody i'm okay i'm okay don't worry out there if you're listening on the radio. I think I can continue. I thought that was going to be worse. Okay, let's continue. I don't think – has that ever happened to me before on the radio? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. Wow. I don't think that's ever happened. I just uh, – I, I sort of had a moment there. Um, <laughs> I just know at the ballpark people are going to talk about talk about that uh, with me tomorrow. Okay, I, I want to rewind about 30 seconds here. I'm sorry um where was i that was embarrassing where was i um i guess that's the peril of doing a, a solo show for you know a couple hours uh, plus a day um okay fifth inning we're talking about the off struggles here we go fifth inning um sullivan the single the error in right field by melendez again that was the start of just some some not great defense at all by the royals then uh duffy at second base on the ball hit by fernando tatis jr i mean really made two errors on the play bobbled it and then threw a a, bat, a a wild throw to first base run comes in jake cronenworth rbi triple makes it five to two padres have some momentum uh even with cronenworth on third base juan soto hard hit ground ball to second base but uh, ends up being a four three put out padres strand a runner in scoring position sixth inning Padres got the single by Bogarts, RBI double by Carpenter. That was a misplay by Eaton in center field, diving for a ball that he had no business diving for, and it went right by him. And that made it a, a 5-3 to three game. Sack fly by Kim later in the inning makes it 5-4. to four. And then the Padres, and this is where the base running came in, which we've talked about a bunch of times already here tonight. Uh, the base running, Cruz walks to begin the seventh inning, Angle, Pinch runs, uh, you know, gets picked off, um, caught stealing there. And then in the eighth inning, with runners on first and third, two men away, um, Rugnet Odor gets picked off first base with a right-hander and Taylor Clark on the mound in, you know, a spot where you just can't get picked off, obviously, at that point in the game when you're trailing by a run. So that really hurt as well, getting picked off uh, in back-to-back innings. So, um, look, there were a number of different frustrating elements in this game for the Padres, no doubt about it, on the offensive side. And we said it last night, and, and I didn't want to pour too much cold water on the win last night because I did think the story was Michael Waka and how good he was. And, you know, the Padres missed some opportunities, but they really needed a win. So for the night, if you remember, we said, you know what, we're not going to focus on it too much tonight. But when you don't win, um, yeah, the focus kind of falls back on, uh, the offense again, and uh, the Padres certainly just uh, need more consistent production, need better numbers with runners in the scoring position. These are no secrets at this point, it's stuff we've talked about for a few weeks now. But again, um, there were there were opportunities left on the table here tonight, especially, and not to hammer the point home too much, but it, it just felt like the Royals were trying to hand the Padres a win. 
It really, really did. Um, I mean, the defense and the misplays and uh, not scoring after the second inning. It just really felt like this was a game the Padres could have won and uh, went for a sweep tomorrow. Didn't work out that way, though, and uh, that's how it goes sometimes in the game of baseball. Let's tell you about our player of the game tonight in this 5-4 win for Kansas City. Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Bites. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit valleyviewcasino.com today. Our player of the game here tonight on the Padres Radio Network. Scanning the box score and the way this one went down here tonight. And I could give it to Brady Singer with the six innings, two earned runs given up. I mean, despite some really poor defense behind him, he managed his way through this outing here tonight, got a win. There were a number of different contributions in that second inning. I'll give it to Brady Singer, our player of the game for the Royals here tonight. You know, didn't have great defense behind him, that's for sure, but managed his way through. It was a good outing for him. Came in in with a 7-plus ERA. Goes six innings, four runs allowed, just two of those earned. Seven hits, walked two, struck out three on 101 pitches. He was solid in this game here tonight, and I thought did a a pretty good job despite uh, giving up some runs in the fifth and sixth inning. But you know what? Found a way to limit the damage in those two innings and was staked to an early 5-0 lead and found a way to only give up four. So for that reason, he's our player of the game here tonight on the Padres Radio Network. All right, we'll step aside here on our post-game show, come back and look at the out-of-town scoreboard. We also will squeeze in some of your phone calls as well, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973, the phone number to call. And uh, we'll continue to wrap this one up from Petco Park. Final score, Royals 5, Padres 4, back in a moment on the Padres Radio Network. One-two swung on line drive in the right field base hit. Fernando Tatis Jr. is there. He's going to come up throwing. They're going to try to get the third. Here comes the throw. It is way ahead of him. He's gunned down on the cannon by Fernando Tatis Jr. And you can hang a star on that one. Vinny Pasquantino challenging Fernando Tatis Jr. And he comes up short. One of the highlights here tonight for the Padres, Fernando Tatis Jr. throwing out Vinny Pasquantino. Trying to go from first to third to end the seventh inning at the time. A crucial play in this game, keeping it a one-run game. Padres trailed 5-4 to four at the time. But unfortunately, Padres could not find a way to tie it in the late innings as the Padres lose by that final score here today. Some notes, uh, some numbers on that throw from Fernando Tatis Jr. This is courtesy of the great Sarah Langs of uh, MLB. Uh, Sarah tweeting that the throw was clocked at 96.8 miles an hour, that throw from Fernando. He's already had one outfield assist at 100 miles an hour. That was on May 10th. He is the only outfielder with multiple 96-plus uh, mile-per-hour throws tracked. Uh, or I should say, let me let me correct myself. He's the only outfielder with multiple 96-plus mile-per-hour assists so far this year so fernando's done that twice above 96 miles an hour once on may 10th and once on may 16th here tonight he's the only outfielder to throw a ball that hard on an outfield assist this season so and do it twice so uh very very impressive from fernando tatis jr and you know, again, that continues to be a bright spot despite the early struggles for this Padres ball club. The fact that, you know, it's not a little bright spot. I think it's actually a fairly significant bright spot, but maybe has got a little bit lost in, in the shuffle here that Fernando has been really good out there in right field, not just running to the ball and tracking balls and what he's doing with his glove, but his arm is a major weapon out there in right field, and he showed it off again here tonight. He's been very solid, very, very comfortable looking in right field, really from the moment that he arrived on April 20th. And I think it's pretty easy to see, even from spring training, all the improvement he's made out there. So, 
it's uh, it's really good to see. I think in the in the bigger picture of the season of his career, what he's done that out there in right field has been very very good to see and uh, very very encouraging. Again, we will take a look at the out of town scoreboard coming up here in just a little bit. But I do want to get to some of your phone calls before we head out of here. Uh, we do have uh, a few callers who have been waiting on hold for a while here. So let's uh, begin on the phones here tonight with Don in Rancho Bernardo. Don, you lead us off. Welcome to the Padres postgame show with Sam Levitt. How are you? Hey, I'm doing all right, Sam. Are you hanging in there at the Western Metal Building? No. I'm, I'm doing all right. We had a little scary moment in that last segment. You may have heard that has never yeah. happened to me before on the radio, but I recovered quickly, so I'm okay. You, you did well, Sam. You did well. <laughs> well, you know, tonight I was just at the game. It's always fun, win or lose. And uh, but just about the game, I, I kept yelling at the at both Bob Melvin. He's not never going to hear me, of course. But you know, all night long to have have his players, at least one of them, try to steal second. And then what do you know, tonight, tonight we run into all these base running errors. And I, you know, so, it, but you just can't have Odor fall asleep at the wheel there. Um, you just can't do that. And then the one thing I wanted to bring up here is Xander, obviously he didn't go home. And I could be wrong here, but I think if he gets home before uh, Odor is out, that he scores. Is that correct, Sammy? And if so, that's, even worse that that just makes that whole sequence probably the worst of the season but what what are, what are the rules there i don't really know yeah i i believe it is if he comes in to score while odor is in that rundown before odor would be tagged out that that run does count and if i'm incorrect on that somebody correct me but i i believe that's the rule um look it's a it, and don appreciate the call it's a tricky play there um, because Bogarts is trying to time it up. Now, I'll tell you what, even though, and, and look, I'm with you, it, it's not a great play by Odor. You, you can't get picked off there. We understand that. But he actually did a good job staying in the rundown for a while. I mean, to his credit, once he made the mistake, he, he stayed in the rundown for a for a good while, and I agree with you. I thought there might have been a window there for Bogarts to just take off for home. It, you know, it seemed like Xander was trying to time it up, um, and it ends up being where Odor gets, you know, because it, it is, it's not quite as simple as, well, just dash for home because, you know, Bogarts is, is not trying to get thrown out there either, and you're trying to time it up. But I, I I guess there's an argument to be made that you would rather get thrown out at home there than have Odor get tagged out because at least you tried in that scenario to make something happen. But, um, you know, it, it, it didn't work out on both counts. Odor, you know, got picked off, and Bogarts never took off. So, um, look, I, I, I certainly don't blame the Padres for – for in that seventh inning, you know, looking to push the envelope with Angle on the bases. They're trying to make something happen for this offense. I don't blame them there, but, you know, that was just the miscue in the eighth inning with Odor, and there, there may have been a window there. Um, it's, it's a it's a hard scenario with the first and third, and I don't know that it's quite as simple for Bogarts as just taking off for home because you're, you're trying – you know, if you're going to do it, you're trying to find the right moment to do it. But Odor did stay in the rundown. You know, he he really did do that. He did stay in the rundown for uh, uh, for a while there, to his credit, after, uh, you know, making a, a bit of a blunder there on the bases. Let's go to Tim, who's calling in from La Mesa. Hi, Tim. Hey, Sammy. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. You know, hey, what a, what a disaster. I mean, what a f- complete disaster. I've been listening to you, as you say this. I think that there's absolutely no excuse for two of those errors. I mean, sure, you're right. They're supposed to send him, you know. Mm. First of all, you're not even talking about the two at-bats before they sent him, where you've got, I think, the walk comes with five pitches. So he's four balls, and they see two breaking balls each and whiff at him. I mean, there's no, they're not in the game. Their head's not in the game. Tim, Tim, just, to go. Tim, Tim, just so I know, what, what inning are you talking about? Before Engel gets picked mm-hmm. off, or not picked off, he gets thrown down, thrown out, right? He gets on right. from the walk to uh, Nelson Cruz, correct? Right, right. So you get a guy in. The next two batters are your top two hitters. They've just seen the guy walk on five pitchers. 
with a big 100-mile-an-hour thrower. They're trying to hit a six-run homer on the first 100-mile-an-hour fastball they see. They both whiff at two curveballs, and then you're blown away. Like, their head's not in the game. And I think the third base thing is just whether it's Schilt or Bogarts, if there's two outs and you're down by one, you have to get thrown out at home, 100%. You cannot let the guy get picked off. Yes, it's a bonehead play to get picked off in the first place, but Bogarts has to run at some point. Because despite the rule, and the rule is, yes, he would have to touch base before Odor gets tagged, if he takes off, they're going to throw home. And you have to force the issue when you're down by one right. in the eighth inning. I just think it's bonehead. I just think they're playing like they're not in the game, and I'm not sure if you agree. Tim, appreciate the call. I mean, look, the, the bottom line, if you want to look at that seventh inning, even even for getting Angle getting uh, thrown out, um, you know, picked off there, you know, yeah, look, the top of the order and Fernando and, and Cronenworth, look, we, we've talked about this for weeks at this point. You know, we know the top of the order has to be more consistent, has to do more even against a, a, a flamethrower like or all this Chapman. So um, that's no no secret there. We we know that. Um, look, in retrospect on the play in the eighth inning, you would have loved to have seen Bogarts take off for home. I I agree. You'd rather you'd rather have the guy thrown out um, at at home plate there just to say you tried. Um, you know, I don't know. It's 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 tough. I mean, he Bogarts is trying to time it up. You're trying to score there. You know, you know, you don't know because then. You know, there was one moment during that rundown, and I almost want to go back and watch it now again, because there was one moment there during that rundown where they did look towards Bogarts, and the the rundown on Odor paused for a second, and the attention did go to Xander. You know, so then you're in a scenario where maybe Odor can stay alive on the bases and, and get back to first or get to second. It's a tough play, but I, I totally understand <laughs> You'd rather get thrown out at home there to say he tried, um, you know, in all likelihood with where Bogarts is standing. I don't know that he makes it regardless, um, but it was frustrating. It was frustrating. It's a it's a it's a, a bad ending to the inning uh, in a one run game. And uh, again, the Padres couldn't take uh, advantage of opportunities here tonight um, when they had them, when they needed to get a big hit, when they. Um, couldn't afford to make uh, uh, an error on the bases. And uh, the, the Royals really, again, and I've said it a number of times, I felt like the Royals just really wanted to hand the Padres a win here tonight with the way they played defensively and uh, the miscues and not scoring after that five-run second inning with what the bullpen did here tonight. So I, I certainly understand the frustration out there. And uh, we'll see if the Padres can win this series tomorrow. And not to put, you know, I suppose – an enormous amount of pressure on tomorrow, but it again, I'm, I'm not calling it a must win because I think you need to reserve must wins for when they're truly, 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 truly must wins. But I will say this, it, it would really hurt to lose a series to the Royals tomorrow with you Darvish on the mound, especially tomorrow. You would imagine that you as somebody with how he pitches, with his experience, the way he um, is able to dissect the lineup, you would imagine this would be a favorable matchup for you, Darvish, tomorrow. You really feel like that. And uh, we'll see if the Padres' offense can take advantage of Kansas City, and we'll see if you, Darvish, can take advantage of this relatively young Royals lineup. But uh, I understand the frustration out there tonight. Once again, uh, there's been uh, quite a bit of it as of late, and I get it. Um, you know, not a... Not a not a, a great game for uh, San Diego in, in some different facets here tonight. We'll see if the Padres can bounce back tomorrow. Before we head on out of here, let's take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard on this Tuesday. Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the out-of-town scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958. We take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard on this Tuesday. Here we go. Baltimore beats the Angels 7-3 in Baltimore today. Ryan Mountcastle, a two-run home run in that game. The Tigers beat the Pirates 4-0 in Detroit. Javier Baez and Spencer Torkelson, a couple of RBI base hits in that game. For Miami, they won it 5-4 over the Washington Nationals. They were trailing 
in the ninth inning. The Marlins walked it off. Three and two, the count to Soler. Here's the pitch. Way in a drive. Hit deep. Left field. Way back. We're going home for the first time in his career. Jorge Soler. It's a walk-off homer. And the Marlins beat the Nationals by a final score of five to four. Kyle Selaff on Fox 940 AM in Miami. Jorge Soler, a walk-off two-run home run for the Marlins. The Yankees beat the Blue Jays in Toronto 6-3. Aaron Judge, a go-ahead two-run home run in that game in the eighth inning for New York. Domingo Herman was ejected in that game after a substance check in the third inning. Interesting there. Going to have to read up more on that a little bit later. Boston beat Seattle 9-4 at Fenway Park earlier today. Justin Turner, a two-run home run in that game for the Red Sox. Tampa Bay beat the New York Mets 8-5 in Queens today. Isaac Paredes, a three-run home run in the third, a two-run home run in the fifth. Harold Ramirez also had an RBI base hit in that game as the troubles continue for the Mets. Milwaukee beat St. Louis 3-2 in St. Louis today. Brian Anderson, a go-ahead solo home run in the sixth inning in that game. Rangers beat the Braves 7-4 in Texas today. Adolis Garcia, a two-run home run for the Rangers. Houston beat Chicago 7-3 in Houston. Jordan Alvarez, a two-run double in that game. Chaz McCormick, an RBI double as well. White Sox beat the Guardians 8-3 in Chicago. Gavin Sheets, a three-run home run in the fifth inning. Andrew Vaughn, an RBI double in that game as well. Cincinnati beats Colorado 3-1 in Denver. Nick Senzel went deep. The pitch from Lambert, and it is hammered. High and deep to left center field on the run, and they will not get it. That is out of here, and it is a 2-1 ball game. Nick Senzel, he got every bit of that one. Jeff Brantley, WLW in Cincinnati. Nick Senzel, a go-ahead two-run home run. We do have one game in progress right now. The Diamondbacks and the A's are tied at eight in the 11th inning. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. had a two-run home run early in that game. But Ryan Noda, a game-tying grand slam for Oakland in the bottom of the seventh inning, tied the game at eight. They're still tied at eight in the 11th in Oakland. Giants beat the Phillies 4-3 in San Francisco. Michael Conforto, RBI single in that game. Joey Bart, RBI double as well. Twins beat the Dodgers. There's some good news here tonight. Kyle Farmer, Willie Castro had RBI base hits in that game. And that's a look at the out-of-town scoreboard on this Tuesday night in the major leagues. Great job by Frank Marchese uh, helping out with the out-of-town scoreboard, the home run tally, cutting up the Bob Melvin postgame audio as well. Great job, Frank, uh, contributing to our postgame coverage here at Petco Park. We told you earlier on the pregame, and I believe a little bit earlier on the postgame, that the Royals had not named a starter for tomorrow. They have named the starter now. It is right-hander Carlos Hernandez, who will start for Kansas City tomorrow. So Hernandez of the Kansas City Royals. I just want to take a look at his numbers here. Uh, 2023, he's been a reliever. 18 appearances out of the bullpen, 4-5 ERA. So this appears to be a real bullpen day tomorrow for the Kansas City Royals. Let me just, before we uh, wrap up here, give you some information on Hernandez. He pitched a handful of days ago, or really a couple of days ago, Sunday on May 14th, went one inning. In fact, he's not had an outing longer than two most of them have been one one and a third or less so this appears to be a a real bullpen day tomorrow for the kansas city royals but the starting pitcher will be right-hander carlos hernandez on the mound for kansas city and i would say and again i'm not telling you that a game on may 16th against the kansas city royals is like a must-win game, but with you, Darvish, on the mound for San Diego, it being a bullpen day for the, the Royals tomorrow. This would appear to be a game the Padres have a clear upper hand in. It's baseball. We get that. Anybody can beat anybody against any starting pitcher on any given day, but the Padres would 
I would think, really love to win a series against the Royals here tomorrow. We'll see if they can do that in the rubber game of this series. Speaking of that rubber game, first pitch tomorrow at 1.10 p.m. Our pregame coverage begins at 12.10 here on the Padres Radio Network. It'll be right-hander Hugh Darvish on the mound for the Padres, and again, right-hander Carlos Hernandez on the mound for Kansas City. And certainly hope you can join us tomorrow for some matinee baseball weekday baseball tomorrow here at petco park taking a look at the final totals in this game here tonight for kansas city five runs eight hits two errors they left on six and for the padres four runs eight hits no errors they left on five winning pitcher was brady singer who improves to three and four losing pitcher was seth lugo who drops the three and three and the save goes to scott barlow number five of 2023 for barlow time of game two hours and 30 minutes and the crowd here at petco park on this tuesday evening 36,060. the attendance here in downtown san diego that'll do it for our post game show here tonight again first pitch tomorrow in the rubber game of this three game series at 110 our pregame coverage begins at 1210 until then for our great studio coordinator frank marchese i'm sam levitt saying so long and good night again the final score the kansas city royals five and the san diego padres four we'll talk to you tomorrow on the padres radio network